Hey everyone, this is Van Cochran. The message today is about how to stay on mission in the face of confusion and even in the face of other good things that you could focus on. We'll look at Luke chapter 9 and see a moment in Jesus' life when he had to remind his apostles and remind himself what his ultimate mission was and how committed to that mission he was. Hope this message blesses you. Well, hey, it's so good to see your faces. Yeah. You know, it's, it hasn't been easy preaching every week to an empty room. We did have staff here, so, that, so, so they were part of it. But um, it's really wonderful to be back together again. And I think it's all too easy for us to forget how much we need each other. It's all too easy for us to forget in the busyness of life, in the normal flow of life, it's too easy to forget that we really do need to see each other's faces. And, uh, you know, a season like this just highlights and emphasizes that, especially a, a, a grueling season like we've been in. You know, it wasn't that long ago, just a few weeks, I was just thinking as soon as we get through COVID-19, you know, we'll begin to slide back into a more normal pattern. And now we see all of the turmoil and pain in our culture over uh, the racial issues. And, 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 and it's just, it's, it's another thing that is heavy on people's hearts and heavy on our culture's heart. I'm reminded of what Thomas Paine said 244 years ago. He said, these are the times that try men's souls. And so these, these, this type of season tests your soul. It really does, it, it, it tests our faith. It tests our ability to stay, stay in hope. It tests our love and our compassion for uh, people around us. And boy, that's, that's what we need today. We need, we need to exercise love and compassion. We need to listen even when we're not being listened to by others. And, and we need to open our hearts up. Uh, T.D. Jakes said something that I thought was really pertinent. He said, the people you agree with are not as right as you think they are. And then he said, the people you disagree with are not as wrong as you think they are. <laughs> and so just that type of heart is, the, I think, a kingdom heart and a kingdom response to, to all of the turmoil and the pain and, and rejection that's happening in our culture uh, right now. But uh, a friend of mine shared this verse with me, Isaiah 26.3. I've, I've memorized this years ago, but it was so good to be reminded of it. It says this says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is steadfastly focused on you because he trusts in you. And so God's peace comes when we focus steadfastly on him, on his goodness, on his mercy, his grace, his faithfulness, uh, his power. Focus on his power because he's the one that is going to change stuff. And Without a steadfast focus on Jesus, we lose hope. Without a steadfast focus on Jesus, we lose love, we lose compassion, we, we become inwardly focused, self-centered, and, and without a steadfast focus on Jesus, we become combative and arrogant. And so focusing on Jesus is really the key in, in this season. And Without a steadfast focus on Jesus, we lose our ability to stay on mission. And that's what I want to talk about today, is how do we stay on mission? Because we've got to remember that we're not simply looking for cultural change. 
I mean, changing the culture is good, and uh, we, we, I, I believe we all ought to vote. We ought to be knowledgeable of the issues, vote, and laws that need to be changed. I want to see them changed. That's a good thing. But we need to recognize that that is cultural change doesn't mean the kingdom of God has come. And, and we're, we're a people who want the kingdom of God to invade earth. That's our mission, is for heaven to invade earth. And we're good with the change. We want it. But we want heaven to invade earth. There's a new song out uh, called Rattle. And I just, we were just exposed to it last week. Lori and I were at a funeral, and this was the last thing they did at the funeral. And it's all on a take on Ezekiel, where there's the valley of dry bones. And God says to Ezekiel, man of God, tell these bones to live. And so when he speaks that out, the bones start rattling. And there's all this movement because God's doing it. And what we want, we want to hear those dry bones rattling across our land. And what that means is that as a church, we've got to keep our focus on our mission. And especially coming out of this whole season, uh, COVID-19 alone, coming out of that, but everything else that's happening, we need to keep our focus on the mission. And that is God's kingdom coming to this planet. And when that happens, change will happen. Do you know the church changed the Roman Empire without ever marching, without ever carrying signs or protests? No, they couldn't have. They would have been thrown in prison for that. And fortunately, we live in a land that is free and there's free speech. And you can carry signs. You can protest and, and, and do a march. And if your conscience tells you to do that, then go for it. But as you're doing that, realize the most powerful thing you bring there is that you carry Jesus with you. You bring the presence of God with you. It's the Holy Spirit. He is the one we want to release into this land. And so as, as, we're, as we're thinking of that and just focused on that, um, we want to keep our focus on that as, as our, uh, just really as our mission. So Isaiah 32, 15 says this. says, the desolation will not end until the Spirit is poured out upon us from heaven. Then the wilderness will blossom into a fruitful orchard. Then justice will reside in the wilderness and righteousness will dwell in the fruitful orchard. And throughout the Old Testament, justice and righteousness are connected over and over and over again. And so true justice comes with righteousness. Righteousness comes with Jesus. And so we keep our focus on that. That's, that's our mission. And uh, what we wanna do today, what I wanna do is look at Luke 9. Now, and I want to show you what Jesus did in order to keep his focus on his mission and the power of that. In Luke 9, just a whole bunch of good stuff has happened. The apostles have been sent out to do miracles. He gave them power and authority. They go out, heal the sick, cast demons out of people. Just incredible. Uh, Jesus and the apostles fed 5,000 people with a, a few sardines and really literally a handful of hot dog buns. That's, that's, what, that's what a loaf of bread was like, about that size. And so this amazing miracle has happened. Then Jesus takes Peter, James, and John up on a mountain. And while he's there, he has, he has a conversation with Elijah and Moses. And they talk about his coming death and the fact that he is going to die on the cross. But in that event, the glory of God's revealed. And the glory that's in Jesus just shines out. And it says he was as bright as the sun. And so Peter, James, and John are all there. They all see that and just how amazing that would be. Then they come down from that mountain. When they come down, 
Jesus finds some of the religious leaders, the teachers of the law, arguing with his apostles and the other nine that are down there. What they're arguing about is why these nine apostles could not free a young boy who was demon-possessed, demonized. And they tried to cast the demon out of him, and they couldn't do it. And so they're, they're in this debate, in this argument. And when they see Jesus come, the father approaches Jesus, and he says, help us if you can. And Jesus says, if I can. He says, all things are possible to those that believe. And the man looks at him and makes one of the most amazing statements in the Bible to me. Honesty, just honest. He said, I believe, help my unbelief. And you know what? Jesus, Jesus freed his son. Imperfect faith. Wasn't perfect faith. Wasn't great faith even. It was mixed faith. And yet Jesus met the need of, the, of this man and freed his son. And then it says this in uh, verse 43 of Luke 9. It says, and they were all amazed at the greatness of God. You would think that with that statement that uh, Jesus would do this. He would go, period, wop. <laughs> do you know what that means? No, period, wop. If you don't know what that means, ask your kid, okay? They'll tell you. No, I'm going to tell you right now. That, that's like a mic drop. It's like if you're older, like if you're in your 50s or 60s or such, you, you would say, end of discussion, okay? That's, the, that's it. So we're all going to do this together, okay? It's period, wop. The other day I got it wrong and I said, shazam, bop. Which, honestly, I think is equally powerful <laughs> and should become the new thing, okay? Okay, so I'm going to read this, and then we're all going to go period wop, all right? So let's, let's, let's hear this. And they were all amazed at the greatness of God, period wop, all right? You would think that that's the final statement, wouldn't you? That's it right there. That's why Jesus came, for people to be amazed at the goodness and the power and the, and the glory and the love and the compassion and just the wonderful things God does. But it goes on to say this, while everyone was marveling at all that Jesus did, he said to his disciples, so he says, hey, guys, come here, come here, come here. The cr there's a crowd, it's a big, and they're all, they're all praising God. And, hey, come here, come here, guys, you got to hear this. He says, he says, listen carefully to what I'm about to tell you says, the son of man is going to be betrayed into the hands of men. But they did not understand what this meant. It was hidden from them so that they did not grasp it and they were afraid to ask him about it. They just couldn't comprehend this. What do you mean? How, it, it, it was beyond their grasp. But I, I, I read that and I asked myself, why at this point does he say that? Why doesn't he say, hey guys, what I just did Someday, you're all going to fan out into the world, and you're going to do that too. And I think this is why. This is, this is like the beginning, in some respects, of Gethsemane for Jesus, where he anguished over what he had to do. And he's just talked to Moses and Elijah about his coming death. And in a few verses, in verse 51, it, it says, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. In the old translations say he set his face like flint for Jerusalem. That means he was determined. 
and, and nothing was going to keep him from going to Jerusalem. But it took a decision, a decisive act of determination on his part for him to do this. And so what he's saying now, I think he wants to say this out loud for himself, for the apostles. Hopefully they'll remember it and they'll understand it someday. But I think he's saying this as much for himself. He just needs to state it out loud. My mission, my mission is to go to the cross. My mission will not be completed until I go to that cross, until I'm raised from the dead, and until the Holy Spirit comes with power in the earth to change the earth. And so what Jesus is, is, is saying here, and, and, and what we see in this is that without that, this would all be temporary. All the thousands and thousands of people he healed, the people he taught, the people he fed, without Jesus going to the cross, being raised from the dead, sending the Holy Spirit into the world, it all would have been temporary. And so as I think about that, and I think if Jesus had to remind himself of his mission to stay on track, to stay on target with the mission, then you and I have got to, we've got to re-up. We've got to say, our mission is to bring heaven to earth. Let's say that together, okay? I'm going to say it, and then I'll count to three. It's going to be this. Our mission is to bring heaven to earth. Ready? One, two, three. Our mission is to bring heaven to earth. And you know what that means? We all need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We need power. We don't need better methods or techniques. And oh, by the way, I want everybody in this church to know how to help a friend find Jesus. We've all got to know that. Like you've, you've got to know if a friend says to you, hey, you're a Christian, how do I find Jesus? I want you all to know how to do that. But I want you to know how to do that in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we all need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. And then we do need to be prepared. And we need to be, we, we have, we've got to set our faces. We've got to say, this is what I'm all about. So that when I hand a loaf of bread to a hungry person, I'm doing a good thing, I am. But I'm realizing that's temporary and it's incomplete without me also bringing the kingdom of God to them. And at least the opportunity for them to respond to Jesus, the real living God who is here, who wants to bless their lives, who wants to take the fear away, who wants to take the guilt and the shame away, who wants to give them actually new life that is eternal life. And so we need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, and we need to stay on focus with our mission. And so, so what happens next? Well, in Luke's gospel, Luke often will string stories together, and, and they will have a common theme to them. And that's what happens here. He's talking about staying on track with his mission and the importance of that. And now there are several things that happen that show us what happens if you don't stay on track with the mission and then what it takes to stay on track with the mission. And we might not get through all of it today, but um, we're going to start, okay? So the apostles, they didn't quite get it, did they? But um, they're going to eventually, but right now they didn't. Next thing that happens in verses 46 to 48, hey, Wilder, how are you? He's a sweet kid. Okay, so 46 to 48, look at this. 
an argument started among the disciples as to which of them would be the greatest. Isn't that crazy? Jesus, knowing their thoughts, took a little child and had him stand, be- had them- had him stand beside him. Then he said to them, Whoever welcomes this little child in my name welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. For he who is least among you, he is the greatest. So what I see here is this, that when you don't have a right focus on the mission, you, you, you fall into ego-centered thinking. And so they're, they're just all thinking about themselves because they're not focused on the mission. A focus on the mission puts our focus on other people. It puts our focus on what God wants, not what I'm looking for, what I want, what God wants. And so then ego, ego falls by the wayside. And, and listen to this, compassion trumps ego. Compassion trumps ego. It does, period WAP. Okay. You should be doing that. You should be saying period WAP. So compassion trumps ego. Very good. <laughs> compassion trumps ego. When, when I feel compassion for someone, I'm not going to worry about myself. I'm not going to focus on how I'm coming across or how well I'm doing. My heart is going to go out to them. And then the love of God flows through me. And so, so these guys, they weren't on focus. And so they, were, they just got caught up in this whole ego thing. Now the second thing, verses 49 and 50... Master, said John, we saw a man driving out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because he's not one of us. Do not stop him, Jesus said, for whoever is not against you is for you. Now, another thing that you lose when you lose mission is discernment. They did not have the discernment to recognize that this guy had heard Jesus, he had believed Jesus, he had seen Jesus do this, and he was doing it too. They thought, well, he's not part of our group. So there's this elitist thing that happens when you forget your mission, when you don't focus on your mission. Uh, this elitism comes in and pride. And actually what happens then is you miss the blessings that God has for you through unlikely sources. You know that unlikely sources, well, he's not one of us. He didn't go to the right school. You know, she's not from the right part of town. You know, that, that person, you know, why should I listen to them? When we, when we focus on mission, then there's going to be a humility that says, God, if you want to speak to me through, through them, great. Here I am. I want to hear it. And so, so, so an elitist mindset comes in. And then finally, 51 to 56 says, as the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, this is where it says, Jesus resolutely, and it says set his face. It doesn't say set out for Jerusalem, but he set his, he put his game face on, and he said, We're, th- this is going to happen, I'm going there, nothing's going to stop me. Set his face for Jerusalem, and he sent messengers on ahead who went into a Samaritan village to get things ready for him. But the people there did not welcome him because he was heading for Jerusalem. So the Samaritans in Jerusalem, had, they had big issues of prejudice and stuff against each other. So they knew Jesus was going to Jerusalem, so they wouldn't let him stay in this village. Okay, so James and John, what, what's their response to this? Let's see. And um, when the disciples, James and John, saw this, they asked Jesus, Lord, do you want us to call fire down from heaven to destroy them? 
You know, in the Old Testament, there was a time when Elijah did call fire down out of heaven in this very region and, and destroyed some of God's enemies. And so they're remembering that and they're saying, yeah, let's, let's burn them all. You know, they wouldn't receive you. And so when you lose focus on mission, arrogance creeps in. Abuse of power becomes the norm. And because you're not focused out there, you're not focused on people, you're not saying, wow, the people here really need you, Jesus. And we know they need you because they rejected you. Maybe we can make a pass at this village later. Can you send some of us back here later to see if they'll receive us? There's no compassion. There's there's no love. And so Jesus turned and rebuked them. And they went to another village. And another one of the gospels says he tells them, you don't know what spirit you are of. And so they, they were missing the spirit of God of compassion and mercy and kindness and, and, and all that comes with that. Well, the rest of this chapter, three men come to Jesus and, uh, and, and they all want to follow him, but they all have reasons that they can't. And the first one uh, says he'll follow Jesus, and Jesus says, well, it's not going to be easy. You know, foxes have, have, have burrows and birds have nests. Son of man has nowhere. So if you're going to follow me, you've got to give up a life of comfort. And then this, the second one comes, and um, Jesus said to him, follow me. And he says, let me go bury my father first. And Jesus says, let the dead bury their own dead. So this man, he, he had some sort of um, a unhealthy bond here to his dad and felt like he couldn't leave him. And Jesus is just saying, no, he says, no, you've got, you got to walk away from that if you're going to follow me. And I don't think Jesus is saying you've got to reject your dad, not that at all. But, but he is saying, look, that's a good priority. The kingdom and advancing the kingdom is a higher priority. And that doesn't mean that we abandon family. And in past generations, there have been far too many people who have been committed to ministry and abandoned their families in the process of that, and their kids grow up hating God. We were mentored by an older man named Chester Martin. Chester said that what he would do if he had to leave the house to go, like, pray for somebody, he said a lot of pastors would say to their kids, oh, I really wish I could stay home and play ball with you, but I've got to go pray for this lady, or I've got to go to this meeting. He said what he would do is he would say to his kids, hey, remember Mrs. Smith, Sunday school teacher? She's sick and in the hospital. I'm going to go pray for her. You pray for me as I go, and I'll tell you how it went as soon as I get back. And he said he would always go, even if they were asleep, he'd wake them up and tell them what happened or a board meeting or whatever. And so he didn't reject his family. He included his family in. And so I just say that all because I don't want you to, to hear me saying that you reject your family. But I think there would have been time for this man's dad if he had said, okay, Jesus, I'm with you. I think there would have been time. I think he would have been able to go back and, 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 and uh, fulfill responsibilities there. But the third guy, uh, he's just indecisive. He says, yeah, I've got to go home and say goodbye first. And Jesus knows if he goes home, he's never coming back. And so uh, lack of decisiveness. But here's the thing. When we don't focus on mission first, we miss Kairos moments. Moments that God has arranged for us because we don't have the discernment to see them or the wisdom or the faith or the grace to walk into them. And we lose a sense of destiny 
uh, which we all need a sense of destiny in life, something bigger than us. We lose, we lose clarity about life. We lose confidence and courage, and ultimately we live with regret. And so let's all today, let's, let's, just, let's just say the mission. We as a church are going to focus on our mission. And, you know, John Wimber said the church is a family, it is a hospital, it's a school, and it's an army. And this is a season for us to say, we're going to focus on being a hospital and healing up people who need to be freed from fear and different things like that. And we're going to love each other, but the cutting edge of this is we are an army. And, and we're going to go into a season of preparing to be an army and preparing for the mission that God's given us in the power of the Holy Spirit, taking the kingdom of God into this world and seeing it changed. Well, we're going to uh, respond to this with a worship song in just a moment. We're going to worship. But uh, before that, just a couple of other thoughts. Our mission as a church literally is to bring heaven to earth. Okay, that's it. Heaven is Jesus, the Holy Spirit, God the Father. That's heaven. And we need his power to do that, the power of the Holy Spirit for us, for us to bring heaven to earth. Our mission is supernatural, it really is. We want to see dry bones rattling all over the place. We want to see this, we want to see a massive revival. And we said this at the beginning, COVID-19, a worldwide pandemic, is the introduction to a worldwide revival. And now you see the enemy trying to rip this away from us with this worldwide focus on anger and, 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 and not, not all anger, but there, there is a lot of anger out there, a lot of fear. And so we see all the more that we're headed into revival. We want to be prepared for that. We want to see thousands and tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of people come to faith in Christ. That's what, that's what our focus is. That's our mission. And that's what we'll be focusing on preparing for.